You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 125 called 12 EdTech Tools to be Thankful for. In this episode, we'll talk about some of the things that we're thankful for, including new EdTech tools, old EdTech tools, and some people, places, and things that keep us inspired. This is another episode you don't want to miss. Check it out. This is one of my favorite episodes of the year because it means if we're doing things that we're thankful for, it means we're also getting close to turkey time. And that is one of my favorite things to do. Cook the turkey in an experimental way, and I'll get into that in a second. Shove our faces with turkey. Watch some football while eating some more turkey. Sleep while probably dreaming of turkey and then get up and do it all over again. I know. I, I love it. Thanksgiving's one of my favorite holidays as well because well, I guess pretty much like you just said, it's the holiday that's all about just waking up and preparing food and then eating the food, which is my favorite thing to do. So I'm extremely excited. And this is always kind of a nice, um, I don't want to say easy episode to plan out because there's, there's some work that goes into it, but it's more just gives us a chance to be reflective and talk a little bit and share some stuff like you said that we're thankful for before we get into that i gotta know though what's this experimental method of cooking that you're talking about well i used to do it in the oven but i would try different rubs i would try to stuff it different ways but last couple years i've been smoking the turkey Uh, on my smoker that's cool and uh last year i used um let's see apples potatoes uh I used two cans of Coke, and I shoved all that in the to the inside of the the turkey, and I kind of let it go while basting the top, and turned out amazing. This year, I'm going to take it a step further, but I don't ever read other people's recipes unless I'm trying to get inspired by something. But there's something I wanted to try for a long time. So I'm going to do that this year, and I'll report back to you maybe in a different episode. Does it go in? Like, does the turkey, I don't know anything about how a smoker works. It goes in uncooked, so it just cooks fully in the smoker with all that stuff inside it? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so you have, like, one of those aluminum pan turkey roaster things. Right. So it catches all the the juice and stuff, and then you use that juice to kind of spray it on top. All right. Well, I'm I'm coming to your house because that sounds delicious. And uh, it definitely sounds like something to be thankful for. We, we did put together a couple um, ed tech things we wanted to mention uh, specific to us and our professional growth as podcasters. You know, for me, I always keep going back to the fact that we are now part of the Teach Better Podcast Network. I just think that's such a cool progression of of this show compared to where we started which was nothing and not knowing anyone and just sort of doing this totally out on our own and while we're still what i would describe as a relatively small podcast we do have a listener base and we are part of something bigger and that that something bigger is uh, the teach better podcast network it's just an awesome awesome platform as a whole uh teachbetter.com is an awesome website as a whole and we're just super pumped 
to be a part of them. Uh, at the end of each episode, we always say to check out that website. And I wanted to make sure to say that at the beginning of today's episode because they're great. And it's they're kind of the, the backbone of, of who we are now. So that's uh, for me, that's a big one. Yeah, I often think about Teach Better as kind of like administrators. Uh, you know, when you have a good set of administrators, they trust you as a professional, and but they're always there to support you when you need supported. And Josh Stamper does a nice job reaching out, asking if we need anything from time to time. And uh, I just feel like if we ever did need something that we could reach out to him or anyone else a part of the network and everyone is willing to lend a hand there. So that's definitely a great one to be thankful for. I'm going to throw a shout out to Brian Carpenter, host of Fresh Air at Five. I will tell you that I am extremely thankful for his friendship that we've, we, we wouldn't have known Brian if it wasn't for podcasting. Right. Uh, so he he always uh, does his fresh air at five walk, and not only does he 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 gives us shouts shout outs for our podcast, but he also introduced me to a lot of other podcasts. I would say nearly half of the ones that I listen to on a regular basis, I started listening to because Brian recommended them. So. If you are looking for other podcasts to listen to, check out Fresh Air at Five by Brian Carpenter. Uh, and I'll put his Twitter handle in the, the show notes. But uh, amazing guy, very positive, very reflective. I learn a lot from him just from his uh, walks at 5 a.m. in the morning. Sometimes they're not at 5, but, you know, he, he shares a lot of wisdom a lot of reflection and gives recaps of episodes from other podcasters, which is awesome. So, oh, I mean, while we're on here, what are, do you have any experiences over the last you know year that you're you're thankful for that you think has upped your educational game or your professional game at all? Um, yeah, I mean, there's almost too many to name. I think the one I wanted to th- throw out there today is uh, teaching new courses because I got two of those this year. And I haven't had a brand new course in quite some time. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, as a teacher, most likely you have taught new courses. Although some of us, uh, like myself this year, may not have had a new course for a really long time. And you can kind of get stuck in, I don't want to call it a rut, but set in your ways. And you have things that you do for each lesson and, and they work and you just do them. And that's fine and great. But even sometimes without noticing it, that stuff can get stale. So... You know, that, that was kind of me over the past maybe five years or so. But this year I have two new courses. One of them is Honors Chemistry, which I've never taught before. I've taught both levels outside of that, uh, higher and lower, but never Honors. And another class that we haven't started yet is sort of like our podcasting class level two called World Ready Technology 2. Both of these things are brand new for me, which means every day I walk in there, I'm prepping new stuff, which uh, keeps me super busy, which is a, a downside. But that's when, you know, we talk about this all the time. That's when the best stuff happens, when you're forced out of your comfortable zone and you are put into an uncomfortable space and it's go time and you got to sink or swim. And, you you know, sinking is, is not an option. You have to get something together for that class period. And there's just a lot of cool stuff that's coming out of it. it developing honors chemistry lessons has already changed the way 
I'm teaching my AP chemistry lessons and the way I'm teaching my regular chemistry lessons, just literally just looking at things from a different perspective and creating new lessons has done that for me. So it's a, it's one of my favorite things to kind of go through. And I'm, I'm thankful that that's uh, happening this year. I know for me, I'm, I'm very thankful for some conversations that I've been having. And I don't know if I'm just hypersensitive to this because we haven't really been in any in-person conferences until this year in quite a long time. But at Teach Better uh, conference, for example, I was able to get to know uh, another podcaster, Dan Krinus, pretty well. I hung out with him a lot. And, you know, he shared a lot of wisdom with me. And it was I took a lot of value away from our conversations. I also got to meet on the last day uh, Brandon Beck and Darren Pepper. Uh, and Darren uh, Pepper is... Uh, He's the podcast host of Road to Awesome. Uh, Brandon Beck also has a podcast as well. And Dan, as I mentioned before. And uh, we got to eat some wings and uh, talk about stuff in education. And just from that conversation, it made me kind of want to, you know, test the waters in different areas when it comes to where I want to go with my professional life a little bit. So I, I think over the next year, I'm going to challenge myself in a couple different ways, just based on a conversation we had. So very thankful for that conversation. I'm very thankful for being able to meet people like that uh, at these conferences. We also just did a, a virtual conference with um, Charity Dodd, who's also another podcasting friend. And it's always good to reacquaint uh, with other people that kind of share some of the same passions because you learn a lot from them. So those are some of the experiences that I'm thankful for. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. I like it. That's a good way to start uh, an episode. And um, I think it's probably time to get into the meat of it, which is some tech tools, some resources that we put together that we are thankful for. We were going to sort of run this um, like a an internal version of our EdTech throwdown when we have guests on, and where we kind of pepper them with, with questions. We've grouped these um, into categories, I guess categories like three old tools that I pulled out that I'm super thankful to still have and, and to keep using three new tools that I haven't tried yet, but I'm excited to try them and some questions as well uh, along the way. So who do you, who's going first here for this? I'll ask you the questions uh, right. <laughs> first. Sure. I'll put you on the hot seat. I think that's what you were looking for. All right. It was the gut tech hot seat. That's it. Gut tech hot seat. All right. So typically he would not know these questions, but uh, what we're going to do is I'll give him these three questions that we have, and then I will be able to stop him at the end and ask him for clarification on one or two of them. All right, Nick, are you ready to be on this semi-lukewarm hot seat? <laughs> uh, yes, I'm ready to go. All right, so give me three old tools. Now, old meaning that you've used them a lot in the past, that you, if you were stuck on an island, you had to take those three and those three only. Right. So, man, three old tools, that's always a little tricky, right? Because if they're old, it means that we're still using them and they've withstood the test of time. 
tried and, and true. Let's just call it the tried and true tried tools. Tried and true. And the problem is there's a lot of them. So just thinking like, okay, lit- literally this week, what have I used more than anything else? And for sure, Canva has to be at the top of that list. It, Canva for education is it's just getting harder and harder to find things that you can't do with Canva for education. Just give me the rundown. I get to ask you clarifying questions later on. All right. So Canva, um, Screencast-O-Matic would probably be the other one because I'm, I'm back on that train and uh, the Noun Project for sure. Those are three solid ones. All right. So going along with you on this island, what are three that you've used for the first time in, let's just say, the last like couple months? Um, so if I'm looking at the first time, there's a pretty neat one called allsides.com. Um, Allsides, if you don't know, it's a, a news website that is geared towards, they describe it as building a better democratic society, but it's all about like news articles that aren't uh, politically polarized. So that's a good one. Um, ePals is another really cool one, internet supported pen pal service and uh, maybe Time Toast is pretty cool. I've been looking at some some timeline ed tech tools and, and Time Toast looks like a pretty good one. All right, we'll, we'll finish this up, round it out with uh, what is one change to your teaching practice that you feel has made a difference? Um, it's got to be less work. I'm trying this year to give my students less work than ever, and I think it's made a pretty big difference. All right, so I, I'm going to pick one tool to kind of do a deep dive in, and I'll also ask you about that less work thing because it's a little confusing to me. <laughs> okay. How are you making less work more? How has that made more of a difference to you? Yeah, I mean, I've just been noticing in recent years, uh, this is in in particular, my AP students complain a lot about the quantity of of work, which I don't, I've always struggled to to understand because, you know, I feel like I give them so much less work than I did when I started teaching the course. For sure, it's less work than uh, the AP teacher prior to me gave them far less and i know that because i've modified all that original those original documents so like it's always been sort of a disconnect like what are you talking about less work this is there can't be less work um but i just don't think i've really thought about the things that i ask them to do um that actually are pretty you know time consuming and i've just tried to limit that like we do a lot of flipped classroom stuff where their homework is as you know watching videos and then they come in Uh, prepped on that content so we can use stuff in class well I still was assigning other work on top of that as like carryovers from the classwork and I've just stopped doing it if your homework is is the flipped lesson then that's the homework it shouldn't also be the overflow from class time so I'm just really trying to pay close attention to what students are dealing with I think it's paying off because they seem less burnt out and more engaged in class so it's been working out really well so how are the grades and in the conceptual level of the class yeah same no difference there so far but i think the real payoff is going to be down the road when they are less burnt out um and we get to more challenging stuff and you can see every year especially the seniors they kind of get into that senioritis mode and they and they they check out sometimes because it is just so work intensive for so long i'm hoping that that is when i'll see the the true benefit of this but so far so good 
All right. So the other thing I want to ask you about is Canva for education. I know we talk about it a lot, but they keep releasing a lot of new things uh, and a lot of interesting things. And I think they're really making a name for themselves as far as becoming the one-stop shop for things. So what have they been up to? What have you been using within Canva that makes you still want to take them to the island that you'll never get off of but still yeah. have access to these amazing tools? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're doing it right. It's, um, I mean, if you want to talk about, like, you know, editing PDFs, something that you would typically require... Uh, a paid version of Adobe for you can do that. You can edit videos now. They have a really user-friendly video editing software, uh, which we haven't delved into much, but I I foresee a lot of reasons we might be doing that soon. Um, audio editing. Just this week, in our podcasting course, we were having our students make audiograms, which is like a little visual of um, you know, like your podcast logo with a, a sound clip of your show to post on social media and it's got like a little wave, like a sound wave image there. And we've used a a tool uh, called Headliner, which is great by the way, we love Headliner, but Headliner only does that. Headliner makes audiograms for podcasts, but you can do the exact same thing in Canva and we're just now using that one tool for it. So that's the, you know, that's the way to go. Even a new, a new website feature they're coming out with. So it's just everything, all these, these needs we have. And that's not even mentioning the obvious stuff like, you know, flyers that are going around for my ski and snowboard club or posters that are being printed for our teacher of the year. It's, it's just never ending. Canva continues to get better and better. Yeah, and I also heard that they're going to kind of make a play at collaborative docs right. later on. So, I mean, like we said before, tools that keep pushing the envelope we're big fans of tools that do something a simple task very very well we like and i wouldn't say what canva does is simple i think it makes a complex topic such as graphic design marketing branding working out of templates extremely easy i mean it takes someone that is not very artistic in the way of making like slides or something like that and it makes them you know, kind of passable in the professional level, you know, for example, me, I mean, it's helped me get to that point. So, all right, well, I'm going to let you off the lukewarm hot seat. I'm calling it lukewarm because you knew the questions and I'm going to go ahead and as you get up, I'm going to sit down <laughs> and it's, it's very warm. Um, it's, it's a little bit more than lukewarm because just like in the family feud where the second person up is at a little bit of a disadvantage because Nick did take at least one, probably two of my tools uh, throughout this. I'm going to try to come up with some different ones. Yeah, so we'll see if you can do it. Let's start with the old ones first. So what are for you three old tools that you're still thankful to have? All right, so the tools that are tried and true, uh, it's hard for me to get away from Moat. Everyone knows that I love Moat. Uh, Flippity.net is becoming ingrained in my daily practice because of its flexibility and my inability to be very successful with sheets on my own. Like I really, <laughs> I really need uh, flippity.net for Google Sheets. And another one that I've been using a lot lately is IRAD. All right. Um, what about, I guess we'll do the three new tools. Anything coming up in the uh, near future? 
Uh, yeah, so these tools are just something I was looking for because I'm working on a lot of little small projects right now. And the first one, uh, I'm helping people make websites for their class. And we're just using Google Sites. Uh, however, they want it to look like it's not a Google Site. So what I'm doing is bringing out some things from other programs and bringing them in. And this one happens to be a text uh, logo maker. Now, in episodes past, I brought up Text Giraffe. But I just think that Text Giraffe, some of them are looking a little outdated. And I wanted something a little bit newer and you know fresher. So what I did is I've stumbled across one called cooltext.com. And I will put this uh, in the show notes. Nick and I have always been talking about having a logo that's just words. We haven't really found a, a logo with just words that kind of represents what we're after. And uh, I typed in got tech and it came up with this got tech in this like uh, almost like Metallica looking format but it turned the o automatically into a microphone head which was really really cool so i'm just looking at these there are several different types of text that you could have uh, in there but that was a good one my next one i'm making a pd based off of podcast episodes so in order for me to make a pd based on podcast episodes uh, for teachers I want to make sure that certain topics are covered. So this next one is called Listen Notes, and it allows you to go in and you can type whatever topic you want. And if it's found in anyone's show notes, it will bring up that episode. So it's super cool. You can make a playlist based on that. You can have like all your notes or episodes that you want to be in one big list uh, based on the topic that you're searching. You can make... I don't know, almost like little folders. Almost, There's an organization within Listen Notes that allows you to put certain episodes with certain words that you search for. So Listen Notes is another one. And the last one is Clean PNG. All right, so Clean PNG is just a collection of PNGs that have the background moved away. And uh, it's pretty awesome. I just uh, downloaded a Santa hat. So I could put it on a picture of me that wasn't a Christmas picture, but I really like the picture. So I'm going to use that for a couple of holiday party celebration invitations. Uh, I'll use the Santa hat, which looks pretty clean when you just uh, size it up right to a picture that you have. So I'm also using those for worksheets. I use... Uh, PNGs for web pages. It just makes it look clean, nice, and there's a lot of them there. It's like a dictionary. And I believe, and I haven't used this yet, but I believe that Clean PNG also allows you to upload your own pictures there as well. So there are a lot of different uses to Clean PNG, and there's a, it, it's just what I use it for is the encyclopedia of PNG file or pictures. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good list. The clean PNG kind of matches um, uh, one of mine, the noun project too, which is, which is neat. Although it looks like they've got some uh, more varied types of things, so that's awesome. Uh, let's do the last question for you as well, and and then I'll uh, I got I do have a couple questions uh, connected to some of the things you said, but first. 
What about uh, a change to your practice that you think has made a difference? Yeah, so I would have to say creativity-based learning. I, I don't want to throw another CBL or anything out there. I'm just saying that I am constantly looking for ways to get students to be more creative, take autonomy of their work, and I'm trying to go from this linear way of learning to a more, I don't know, like continuous way of learning. I have a feeling this is one that you'll probably ask me about. Right. I'm going to stop it right there for that purpose. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of, that's a good segue because one of my I got two questions, um, and that was one of them. Is just you know I haven't heard of creativity based learning before necessarily unless we've mentioned it sort of in passing. Maybe that's maybe that is how I recognize it somewhat. But that's that's not a thing, right? This is sort of like your own. Not that you're trying to coin a new term, but you have uh, essentially come up with this yourself to represent letting students be creative during the learning process. Is that right? Yeah, I'm not trying to coin this. This It's not something to be coined, but that's what I typed down and that's what I'm going to stick with. But really, it's no different than uh, personalized learning or UDL or any of the other types of learning that we could throw in there. Blended learning, it would fit under that. Right. But I believe that if we know a kid's passions and we know it gets them ticking and moving, we can use that in order to further any type of content. For example, if you know that you have an athlete, that that form of competition is really no different than tactical strategies in war that we can study. Or if you know that someone's really good at theater, well, you could probably interest them to write a piece based on a famous person or a a famous book or whatever you're studying. So I want them to be creative, but then I also want them to publish it. I want them to put it out there. So I said I didn't want learning to be stagnant or linear. Uh, What I mean by that is every year we assign projects as teachers. And usually... What happens is they we assign a project, they do it over a period of time, they hand it in, they get feedback, we give them a grade, and then it, it's dead. And then the next year, a new group of students come in, they do the same process. What I would really like to see is if these things are published, why not have this class from, you know, the first class do learning up to a point, and then next year's class have to take three of those projects, you know, look over them, find which one that interests them, and then take it to the next level and continue that learning down the path. So we're not restarting every year. We're keep pushing the envelope. We learn what we did last year in that class, but we also go forward and we learn more. It's a, I mean, we see it all the time with the podcasting course and, you know, that's they're essentially the podcasts are passion projects the students have picked things they're interested in so like right now we've got two football podcasts and a tennis podcast and i mean you guys should see the research that these kids pour into stuff and actually it's a it's a battle we fight is that we try to get them to do an episode fully recorded and published and everything like every i don't know let's just say two weeks it's a little bit less than that which they should be able to do if they can't do that um, it's usually because they're working so hard on the, the research aspect of it because they've picked a topic they're interested in. 
So like our student that's doing a tennis podcast right now, he loves tennis. And he thought he was, you know, that would be a good thing to talk about. But in his research, he's learning so much about tennis and stories of these players and the history. And, and that's cool. And that's, I think, kind of what you're getting at. So creativity-based learning, that's a good one. We should probably, I don't know if you could, like, uh, copyright that or something because I could see that being the next big thing. But um, the other thing I was going to ask you was, and this is kind of going to, you know, if it, if it was a lukewarm hot seat and I heated it up, it's cooled back down, but we're going to raise that temperature one more time because my final question for you is more of a scenario. Um, so you've got class in 10 minutes and you forgot that you had to go teach this class and you don't have anything planned besides a general idea of what you've been learning, whatever course you want this to be. You mentioned three old tools, Moat, Flippity, and IORAD. Which one of those tools is going to save you and make that lesson happen, given the fact that you've only got 10 minutes to think about how to use it? Well, I could find a creative way. I didn't know about this question, first right. of That's all. So it is, it is spicy, back. It's spicy hot. <laughs> but I could easily come up with a way to uh, incorporate all these into a lesson. All right. So give me the best one, though. I think what I would do... I can even do a mashup. I'm okay. thinking of a mashup. <laughs> wow. Too. All right. I mean, but uh, I think I would start with flippity.net. Uh, there's a very simple randomizer in there where if you picture the prices, what, right? Like prize wheel thing that they do halfway through the episode, it's like four of those in a row. And each one of those wheels you could put different words on. So if I knew the lesson, um, such as, I don't know. For some reason, I always talk about a topic that I really hate in bio. Like, not really hate. Photosynthesis. Yes, photosynthesis. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But if if I put on there, like, the different cycles, like, on the first wheel, the next one is different components of the cycles. Because all the different cycles between photosynthesis and respiration kind of use the same ingredients. It's just one goes forward, one goes backward. So... What I would do is that on the second one, the next one might be a location and the last one might be a species or something. And each kid would have to spin it and then based on what cycle, the location, uh, the species that it's it's talking about and like there could be a question at the end, like what would happen if daylight and sunlight hours were reversed or maybe I just told them the season of that location. So... Give them those four things, and then what they have to do is they have to write what they know about that particular scenario. So I could mash this up by using Google Slides, having them take the four things that they spun, and they had to have a picture representation of all three or all four of the things, and then use Moat to do like some type of uh, slide gallery walk type thing. So they could either have multiple slides or just one slide and be like, this is my species that I want to talk about. This is what they're known for. This is what we get out of it. This is how they react to sunlight. This is how they react in these types of conditions. It's found in this location. And if we would flip-flop the sunlight levels uh, versus, you know, daylight and dark levels, it would probably last about a week or two and then wither up and die. You know, something like that. But I think that would be a neat lesson. 
That's awesome. That's uh, that's the master at work, folks. Uh, no preparation, and that's a, that's an A plus lesson that comes out of thin air. But I, that's kind of what I wanted to, because Flippity.net is just such an awesome tool, and I, I don't, I know it's a it's popular. It's been around for a while, but I, at least where we're at, I don't see people taking advantage because it gives you so much you can do. So check it out as one of uh, my favorite things we've mentioned today. That actually came from one of your tools. This was a good episode. Like I said, we love talking about what we're thankful for. I'm going to wrap it up by asking you to do us some favors like subscribing on Apple preferably, but you can find us on Spotify, Google, Stitcher, YouTube as well for our YouTube channel. You can subscribe there too. That'd be great. Twitter at we got teched, Nick got teched, and Geist got teched if you want to follow us all over the place. Uh, writing a review is extra great as well on any of those platforms. And tell your friends about our website, gottech.com. Tell your friends about educational podcasts in general. And tell them about teachbetter.com too, where you can find us along with many, many, many other awesome resources and educational themed podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geist and I individually at Geist Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.